When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, it, it felt good to obviously just to be back out playing again. I thought the crowd was awesome, you know, coming back from uh, not having students. I thought they really showed up. That was that was great to see. And, um, you know, it's a lot of it's what you expected. You know, gosh, we got down seven nothing. Um, you know, I, I thought our guys worked through it. I thought we got into a little sluggish to start. Then I thought we really picked up our intensity. Um, they do a great job of obviously testing your discipline. Um, I thought we played hard. I thought we didn't play as disciplined as we need to. And a lot of that's a credit to them. Um, the matchup zone is going to give you problems. Um, I don't know how many air balls we had tonight, you know, um, and, and then some of that comes with it. And, I think as as I look and talking to our guys after the game and I'm looking, I think conditioning was a little bit of a factor at times. And not that uh, that's not an excuse at all because you got to give Air Force a ton of credit. But I think, you know, you feel it in your legs. There's nothing like playing because I think, you know, it's not just that we haven't played in 24 days. About half of that, we did nothing. You know, we weren't out on the court doing anything. And so I think we had three full practices before we got out and played. And we knew we were going to get a great shot from them. They're really well coached. They do what they do really well. And, and I thought they made some really big, timely shots, you know. And every time we tried to make a run, uh, they made a run right back at us. And gosh, isn't that what you would expect in conference play? But at the end of the day, I'm really proud of our guys for just fighting through it and finding a way to get their first Mountain West win. What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. 11-0, CSU men's basketball goes to 11-0 with a big-time victory over Air Force that wasn't the prettiest, but you never say sorry for a win. That was obviously Nico Medved leading us into this podcast. Shout-out to Eddie Hers of the Loveland Reporter Herald for providing the post-game audio. I unfortunately had to cover the game remotely. I was not able to attend in person. I, Me and my girlfriend were exposed, close contact to somebody that just tested positive for COVID-19. So now we got to go through that whole protocol and, and get tested. And honestly, I feel completely fine. I just, I, I wanted to be as careful as possible. This team had, you know, they'd just been on pause for 24 days. I, I couldn't in good conscience go to the game, even though, you know, it might have been fine. But again, you know, I'm I'm not going to be the reason that this team can't play. So I had to cover it remotely. That kind of sucks. But it, it was a decent broadcast on the stadium. I felt like all things considered, the picture quality was pretty good. I'm I'm not a huge Doug Gottlieb broadcast guy. I don't have any beef with him or anything like that. He talks a little bit too much for me. And he just has these weird things he fixates on. He he was talking about the color of the CSU basketball player's shoes for like close to three minutes. And 
I don't know. He's, he's kind of an odd guy. Really, really high basketball IQ, obviously. And I think a lot of what he has to say is valuable. There are times I just wish, you know, sometimes you just got to let the game breathe. And, and this goes for all sports and in all commentators. You don't need to, <laughs> to fill every single second with your voice. Anyways, you know, I'd, I'd always rather have the game be televised. I, I think it especially stinks for these local matchups that AT&T Sportsnet, I grew up with FSN, Root Sports, whatever. It's rebranded so many times. Currently, AT&T Sportsnet. It, it stinks that they don't have any Mountain West broadcasts at the moment because that's that's what was perfect for these, you know, CSU Air Force type matchups. The games that, you know, CBS Sports and, and FS1 typically aren't going to pick up. We could have had, you know, Drew Goodman and Sed Bonner on the call with Jenny Kavnar on the on the sideline. That would have been great. You know, nonetheless, stadium was fine. Pretty, pretty decent broadcast. Um, it's free. That that that's always a benefit, and it's easily accessible. Their app works well, so all of that, you know, I I can live with that. Um, as far as the game goes, wonky circumstances from the start, and I'm gonna kind of dive into that here, just momentarily. I mean, I feel like the the spread was just insane considering the circumstances. You know, you have a, a CSU team that, that hasn't played in 24 days, and I get that they're a top 20 team, but they haven't played in close to a month. You've got Air Force, who's missing four of their top players, in, including their best player in A.J. Walker, and, and that was just such a tough spot to be in. So the fight that they showed was really quite admirable in this one. I, I just, even with Air Force missing players, with CSU coming off of a pause this significant, I, I just don't understand how the odds figures had this as a a 21-point spread at tip-off, so I hope all of you stayed away. Before I really start getting into this game, I want to give you guys some really important info from my friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Something to keep in mind for our homeowners. With prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful it is trying to buy a house right now especially out in Colorado. I mean, the the housing market out here is crazy. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen different lenders with many different options to find the right fit for you. They want you to be as involved as you want every step of the way. They're going to be transparent. They're going to be open with you. They're, they're proud DNVR members. They're CSU alum. So you know that you can trust a Ram. I mean, the Ramily is always going to look out for you. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Maybe you're feeling a little bit uneasy about the process. You'd just be reassured by talking to somebody directly. Give my guy Mike a ring at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Or again, you can go to dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Cool, 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 cool. CSU wins this one 67-59. to Nico Medved said, him, uh, said it himself. It was a, it was a sluggish start offensively. Really, for a lot of the game, it was pretty sluggish. There had to have been, I don't know, seven plus air balls in this game. It was 
a really, really poor shooting performance, especially at home, you know, where you're familiar with the sight lines and all that. Again, though, I mean, when you only practice three times over 24 days, then you have to play a live game. That's that's what's going to happen. And I just think the resilience of this Rams squad has been so impressive. We've seen them get in tight spots at various points throughout the season, whether it's, you know, going down double digits to UNC at home or, you know, trailing Bradley or trailing Northeastern in, in the championship game of the Paradise Jam and, and finding a way to, you know, pull that one out. It's just, it seems like whenever their backs are against the wall, whenever things tighten up and, and the game really comes down to, to execution, this team, they, they find a way to, to get it done. And, and that's the mark of a really talented and well-coached group. Bad teams, or, or not even necessarily bad teams, but inexperienced teams, teams aren't, that aren't ready to, to really make a serious run, that aren't up for the moment, they lose these types of games. You know, the, I think a couple of years ago, CSU probably loses this game. They ran out of gas late, but Air Force was much better offensively. They shot 52% from the floor compared to 40% for CSU, 23 of 44 from the field. They were 48% from three, and that's really what allowed them to establish a lead early. It's what kept them in it. They went 10 to 21 from three. CSU, a, a poor shooting night by their standards, 7 to 23 from deep, 30%. That's, it's not horrible, but it, it wasn't a good shooting day for CSU. Already mentioned the air balls. They seemed really flustered at times. I, I felt like their body language, you could see the frustration on their faces, even on camera. Again, I, I wasn't there in person, but I'm a big body language guy. And, you know, there were times where you'd see them just come in too strong around the rim or, you know, shoot an air ball or just miss a, a wide open mid range jumper. And, you know, you can see it on their face. And e- even with the frustration, they didn't let it compound. You know, they didn't let the game get away from them. They found a way to get enough points when it mattered. You know, they they started to work the ball down low a little bit better down the stretch, and, and that was big. They also hit a couple of those open threes that they had been missing all day. Uh, Jalen Lake had a big three in transition at one point. Kendall Moore hit a big one after missing quite a few. He had a really good game defensively. Offensively, it was rough. He he missed a couple of shots pretty bad. But again, I mean, the, they, the outside shots, they just weren't really falling for anyone in this game. So I'm not, I'm not clowning him. We all know that I love everyone on this team. But I just feel like the, the depth of this roster, which obviously ultimately made the difference in this one, Air Force extremely shorthanded. They're missing their best player. They're missing half their rotation. They're on the road. They're playing a top 20 team. You know, eventually CSU's depth, I think, just kind of played the difference in this one. Air Force looked like they were dead at the end. Nobody had any legs. That's when their jump shots finally started to, to miss. And they were good looks too, but that's, you know, you started to see them rim out and hit the front of the rim, you know, come up short a little bit. The other great strength for this roster, though, aside from talent, which they obviously have plenty of, is just the composure that they play with. No moment is ever too big for them. Even when they're frustrated, they don't they don't let it get to a point where it it loses the game for them. You know, they might have a bad possession, a bad moment, but they're not going to have a, a bad 10, 15 minutes. And that's what's so big for this team. And, and that's, that's the way you have to be if you want to be a, a legitimate threat to make a run nationally. And I mean, the more I watch this team, I, 
I don't want to get ahead of myself and, and say anything crazy or anything like that, but if they got the right draw this March, you know, in the come NCAA tournament time, if they if they got put in a good situation, like I saw a Fox Sports bracket that had them as about a six seed and it just would be perfect, man. You beat a, you know, beat an 11 seed. That's a, that's a, can be a tough draw, but then you don't necessarily have to play like a one seed. That's the crappy part about, you know, being an eight or a nine is you get a really intriguing first round matchup. And then if you win your, your prize is, is facing the number one seed, but this CSU team, they have the talent to go as deep as anyone. Like they are good enough to win a national championship. This team is good enough. I'm not saying they will, but under the right circumstances, if, if they got some favorable matchups, maybe some help with some other upsets, could they, you know, make the final four? Yeah, they could. And we see crazy shit happen like that in college basketball. So again, I'm I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself. We're eleven games in. You know, we've got two months of regular season basketball to sort out and the conference tournament before we even get to before we even get to that point. And then, you know, you just kind of gotta take it a round by round basis at at that point. But you know, why not CSU? Why not David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens and, and Tanjay and DT and Kendall Moore and, and this group? If George Mason is capable of making a run, if Virginia Commonwealth is capable of making, you know, that type of run, why couldn't CSU, you know? I mean, we see Creighton, Gonzaga, all these schools compete, you know, contend, not just compete, but contend on a yearly basis. The Rams have... You know, they're, they're, they have as much talent and, and experience to go toe-to-toe with anyone. They're well-coached, so why not CSU? Normally, I, I roll my eyes a little bit when, when we see that, it can, and it can be a, a cliche that te- you know, teams use, why not us? But legitimately, why not us? Why not CSU? All right, sorry, kind of went off on a tangent there. We'll try and bring her back around and, and start talking about some of these takeaways from the game. You know, we, we already talked about the offense. It, it wasn't a great night, but that's bound to happen after 24 days off. If, if you expected, you know, CSU to come out and then drop 80 after not playing for a month, you were always going to be sorely, you know, disappointed. I, this is an Air Force team that was coming off of an upset of, of Utah State. They've hung with everyone they played. They've been inconsistent, to say the least, but they were always going to battle. And given the circumstances, I mean, it, it was just, it had to be this way. You know, it, it had to be this way. I already made this point, but I, I couldn't believe how massive this spread was. I, I get it from a talent perspective. I think CSU is probably a 21-point better team, but it, it was just never going to, it was just never going to play out that way. Um, the shots weren't falling, but I, I don't feel like the execution as a whole was terrible. There There were some disjointed possessions and, there were some moments where I felt like some guys kind of forced some shots, but for the most part, I mean, they limited turnovers only at six in the game. They, they moved the basketball. I don't, I don't feel like we saw anybody out there playing hero ball or trying to jack anything up. You know, there were some shots that missed badly, but they were for the most part, you know, open and and in rhythm and largely uncontested. I mean, air force did a pretty good job of defending the three point line. and, And they threw a couple of different looks at CSU defensively and you know their zones they're they're always gonna they're always gonna be a tricky team to go up against but I felt like you know after not playing for three and a half weeks for a team that only practiced three times in 24 days CSU for the most part stayed true to their identity I mean they like like I said they got a lot of good looks up they just didn't fall and 
you can't really be that upset with it, especially given the circumstances. I mean, it's just kind of one of those nights where you have to take the outcome with a, with a grain of salt. The, the benefit is you found a way to get it done. You found a way to win this time. You know, everyone was so upset after that St. Mary's game, and I just kept telling myself, like, this was a dumb game. Like, it was always going to be a really weird game. This one was always going to be a weird game. It was always going to be a dumb game. Luckily, it ended up being a victory, and now you can just move forward with your life and, you know, kind of worry about the style points later. I think, you know, Kevin Lytle said that on Twitter. He nailed it. You know, you just needed a win tonight. You know, it's going to go down as like a quad four or quad three game at best. Even if you beat them by 30, it's not like it's going to improve your reputa- your reputation nationally. It was just one of those situations where if you lose, it could, it could really tank you. And it kind of reminds me of the, the Tulsa matchup that, that didn't happen, right? Like it's, it's a team with talent. It's a team that can upset anybody on any given night. But when you beat them, everyone looks at it and they're like, yeah, well, that's what a top 20 team should do. They should beat Tulsa. They should beat Air Force. But because they did win it, and because you know they they didn't lose an ugly one, now we can just move on with our lives. I'm not gonna, you know, act like I'm concerned with any of the the things that that were ugly because it was just such a wonky game. It was such a wonky game from the get go, and I'm just glad that they found a way to get it done because it would have been it would have been really annoying for you know the next two weeks to have to come on the pod and and fight people on Twitter and be like, yes, they lost a bad game. Not a great look, but they're still fine. You know, you're always going to lose some games here and there. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But they they haven't lost yet, so just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. That is my advice to you. My other advice to you is to hit up our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We've hit the final week of the pro football regular season, and the college football season is heading to an end as well with the national championship coming up. DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to get all fans in on the action for this exciting time on the football calendar. New customers can bet $5 on any football team to win their game. If they do, you're going to win $200 in free bets. So let's wind down the season with a big win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on football with same game parlays. This is where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any football team, college, or pro, and win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, new customers-only restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out the homies over at Sexy Pizza. We have Sexy Pizza at every Broncos tailgate we host. It's it's really delicious. I genuinely mean that. Not just trying to, to sell you guys anything. They've got great garlic knots too. Come out to the tailgate on Saturday, by the way. If you don't have anything going on, Broncos Chiefs 230. Uh, there might be a CSU basketball game on Saturday as well. Hopefully... No overlap there for me since I have tickets. I'll figure that out along the way, I guess. Anyways, what is Sexy Pizza, you ask? Well, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. Choose your own adventure with their wide range of toppings or try one of their signature philanthropies. A portion of every sale of those five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. If you're looking to have Sexy Pizza support your organization or event, 
go to www.sexy.pizza and check out their page for the donation link and to see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. Love a local company that cares about their community. Obviously, a lot of folks here in Colorado have, have been through quite a bit of, of late. Uh, Sexy Pizza is the best. They've got all the fixins, wing, salad, pizza, knots, you name it, dessert options. They've got vegan options, a 12-inch gluten-free crust if you need it. Stop by any of their four Denver locations in Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, or Park Hill, and they have a new location in Trinidad coming soon. Word. I feel like Sexy Pizza needs a... They need a jingle. They need a Jackie Moon from semi-pro-style 70s song. You know, sexy, sexy pizza, pizza, but it's sexy. I don't know, something like that. (laughs) This was a... This was an ugly game offensively. I felt like it was a really great game from an effort standpoint, especially on the glass. I mean, offensively, CSU came up with 12 offensive boards, resulting in 14 second-chance points. Conversely, you know, Air Force gets three second-chance points off a pair of offensive rebounds. And in a game that was this tight, that really, to me, made the ultimate difference, especially considering the disparity in three-point shooting between these two squads. I feel like CSU, they just... They made enough hustle plays. They did enough dirty work defensively on the glass, creating opportunities in transition. Didn't get a ton. Air Force did a really good job of of getting back and and forcing the Rams to operate out of the half court. But the Rams, they did enough from a dirty work perspective to to pull it out. And it was great to see. David Roddy obviously played a, a big part in that. He led the team with 12 rebounds. He had 13 points, 12 rebounds. The 18th double double of his career. I also felt like this was the best game of the season from from James Moores. He only played 13 minutes in this one, but he had five points, six rebounds, and an assist during those 13 minutes. Really, really came in. Was great defensively. Picked up some crucial boards. And then on top of that, you get five rebounds off the bench from, from Chandler Jacobs as well. And while he's been great all season, I mean, he just... Even when he's not scoring, he impacts the games in so many ways. He's so stout defensively. You know, he's a great passer. He can create opportunities in transition. And although it's not the first time we've seen this, I mean, he put on a show with a couple of his drives. He had one on the baseline where he finished with a reverse layup, and he just burned the guy late for Air Force. I mean, he when he gets going, he's just too quick. He's too explosive. He's got great bounce. The dude's just a a freaky athlete. I mean, if we're talking pound for pound, he might be the best athlete on the team. That's kind of a, a hard one to determine given the, the athleticism of this roster and how good they all are, but he's a freak in, in the best way possible. Yeah, the last thing I wanted to say here as far as this game goes before we kind of talk about what's going to happen moving forward, I want to give Air Force and Joe Scott some props because... I I didn't understand the hire when they brought him back. I understood that he had been successful there previously, you know, ar- arguably led Air Force to its peak as a program. But I just felt like it was an uninspired move. It, it lacked creativity. They went 5 and 20 in his first year. Now in year 2, they're already 8 and 5. They have an upset over Utah State. They hung with number 20 CSU on the road. 
despite missing their best player, despite missing half their rotation. I mean, they're a well-coached group. They play really, really hard defensively, offensively. They stay within their system. They create good looks for each other. It all just works. And, and the more I think about it, given the restraints that Air Force has as a program, I mean, you kind of have to play a specific style there because you're recruiting a very unique type of student athlete. You know, you're, you're, you have to get somebody that's going to represent the United States Air Force. You know, you're not bringing NBA lottery guys in or, or anything like that. And because of that, you know, you do have to kind of operate in a little bit funkier way than, than some of these teams. You know, that's why they always ran, you know, the Princeton offense and, and stuff like that. It just, it makes sense for a service academy team that's not necessarily going to have the same caliber athletes or the same size as some of these other programs. So it's all down to fundamentals and, and execution. And anyways, because of that, the more I think about it, bringing in a guy like Joe Scott, who's obviously you know, coach in the Ivy League and has been at Air Force before, has been at DU, getting somebody like that who understands the restraints that you have to operate with at Air Force and has already been successful with it, that makes sense. I guess, you know, like more or less is I was wrong. <laughs> the moral of this story is I was wrong. I think Joe Scott is a good coach. Um, I've been impressed. You know, I've, I've been impressed with what he's been able to do and I just wanted to, to to put that on record. You know, I think it's important to admit when we are wrong. Um, what I'm not wrong about is the talent of this CSU team. And I, I really hope they get an opportunity to keep this positive momentum rolling over the weekend. You know, Nico Medved told the media he does not expect the Boise State game to happen. That sucks because that would have been a really good game. They're currently riding a seven-game winning streak. CSU riding an 11-game winning streak. You know, these are two of the better teams in the conference. It would have been a great opportunity for the Rams to pick up a quality road victory, potentially over another contender. But if it doesn't happen, you know, Medved said they're very interested in playing. And and that makes sense. Like, you can't go a week off before that Utah State game. They're too good. It's too talented. And while I think best case, you know, you're able to pick up a quad one game, you know, the University of Arizona, for instance, you know, something like that. That would be great because, you know, win or lose, it, it benefits you from a metric standpoint. But even if you have to bring a small school into Moby and, and just beat the hell out of them, you kind of just got to do what you got to do and, and kind of treat it like a glorified exhibition. I don't love that, especially in the COVID world. You know, I, I don't love adding a game where, one, it's not even going to benefit you from an analytical standpoint. It's not going to improve your resume. You know, it's not going to move the needle in any form or fashion. But I just, I understand that after already being off for 24 days to then, you know, be off for another seven and a half days and then have to play a team like Utah State, that's just a brutal situation. You don't want that. So, you know, you got to find a way to play this weekend. You're scheduled to play Friday night against Boise State as of now. I imagine we find out on Wednesday whether, whether or not that's happening or not. And then once, you know, we find that out, we can move on from there. But, you know, I mean, you don't have to schedule a game for Friday night. You can play Saturday. You could even play Sunday, you know, again, like obviously that would put you in a position where you're going into that Utah State game on short rest, but you got to play, you know, you, you just, you have to play. You can't, you can't be rusty because that's going to be a really, really tough game. Justin Bean, he's an animal. They're tough, man. They're, they're really tough. Um, anyways, that's all I have for today. I'm going to leave you with some audio from Nico Medved talking about this exact thing. Again, shout out to Eddie Herz of the Loveland Reporter Herald. 
All right, before we go here, I'm going to leave you with my DraftKings pick of the week. And I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals to cover a three-point spread against Cleveland. They don't have a ton to play for because they've already locked up the division. But the Browns are terrible. I mean, Baker Mayfield, he's just, he's beaten up. He's not playing well. And there is a technically a possibility that the Bengals could get the two seed depending on what happens with the Broncos game. I don't know. It's it's tough. It's kind of a crapshoot picking these meaningless, you know, week 18 games now. I used to saying week 17. But I believe in this Bengals team. I think they have talent all over the place. And even if it's a meaningless game, I'd, I'd rather be I'd rather be backing this this Bengals squad than Cleveland at the moment. I mean, they just they look rough. So that's my DraftKings pick of the week. Lock it in. Um, as always, thank you to all of you for listening to the content, for supporting my written work. I wrote about 4,000 words on the non-conference grades for each and every player that that typically plays didn't do some of these, you know, Baylor Hebb and some of these guys that might get a minute or two here and there. But the main 10 guys of the rotation, I kind of broke down how they performed thus far, you know, what we need to see from them moving forward. Check all that out. And as always, it is a perfect time to become a DNVR member, get access to all of our written content. You know, we have film rooms, breakdowns, you name it. We've got the best Nuggets coverage around, abs as well. You know, I'm not trying to toot our own horn. It's just the truth. I work with some very talented individuals. All right, that's all I have for today. Make sure you keep up with all of our content throughout the week. Happy New Year. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know how much I said, I, I do know, um, I don't believe the Boise game will happen Friday. Um, could it happen later in the weekend? Possibly. Uh, we just don't have the answer to that right now. I think, you know, from our standpoint, you know, we're maybe actively trying to look for other opportunities. If that game doesn't happen, I think it's critical that we play, as you can see, I think we just got it. We have to play some games here. Um, so we're trying to keep all options on the table. Obviously that's frustrating for everybody. It's frustrating for nobody more than our players. Um, but we just don't have the answer to that right now, you know, so we're going to keep looking for other opportunities if that doesn't happen. And hopefully in some form or fashion, we can get a game in this weekend. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.